Welcome to Through the Bible in a Year with Pastor John. We invite you to join us at 1 Oakley Avenue in North Providence, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented to you by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Through the Bible in a Year with Pastor John. So glad you could join me today to get a portion of God's Word. Today, we're going to begin with Day 83, March 23rd, 1 Samuel 27 to 31. David, the exiled king elect. Overview After Saul's second brush with death in the wilderness of Ziph, he discontinues the hunt for David. But although Saul never does chase David again, the reprieve is only temporary. Fleeing again to Gath of Philistia, the hometown of Goliath, David pretends that he has defected to the enemy. In fact, he is busy destroying Philistine strongholds without leaving a single survivor to disclose his ingenious plan. When the Philistine kings mount a united war against Israel, David narrowly escapes fighting against his own nation. He returns instead to Ziklag to find it destroyed by the Amalekites, whom he pursues and defeats. Meanwhile, Saul is confronted with a Philistine invasion. Since the Spirit of God has left him, he seeks direction by divination and receives instead a prediction of death and defeat. Chapter 27, David's Defection. Chapter 28, Saul's Distress. Chapter 29, David's Dismissal end of a deadly chase. Chapter 30, Amalekites defeat. Chapter 31, Saul's death, end of a dynasty. Insight, brashly broken laws, 1 Samuel 28 verse 9. Saul's visit to the medium of Endor violated not only God's law, Leviticus 19.31, but also Saul's own policy, 1 Samuel 28.3 and 9. As with many other aspects of his reign, he acknowledged truth outwardly while rebelling against it inwardly. Insight. A king's life comes full circle. Chapter 31, 11-13. First Samuel ends on a fitting note. Saul's first official act had been to rescue Jabesh Gilead, First Samuel 11. Now the citizens of that same city have an opportunity to repay his kindness Posthumously, chapter 31, 11 to 13. 1 Samuel, chapter 27. David among the Philistines. But David kept thinking to himself, someday Saul is going to get me. The best thing I can do is escape to the Philistines. Then Saul will stop hunting for me in Israelite territory, and I will finally be safe. So David took his 600 men and went over and joined Achish, son of Maok, the king of Gath. David and his men and their family settled there with Achish at Gath. David brought his two wives along with him, Ahanom from Jezreel and Abigail, Nabal's widow from Carmel. Word soon reached Saul that David had fled to Gath, so he stopped hunting for him. One day David said to Achish, If it is all right with you, we would rather live in one of the country towns instead of here in the royal city. So Achish gave him the town of Ziklag, 
which still belongs to the king of Judah to this day. And they lived there among the Philistines for a year and four months. David and his men spent their time raiding the Geshurites, the Gerzites, and the Amalekites, people who had lived near Shur toward the land of Egypt since ancient times. David did not leave one person alive in the villages he attacked. He took the sheep, goats, cattle, donkeys, camels, and clothing before returning home to see King Achish. Where did you make your raid today? Achish would ask. And David would reply, against the south of Judah, Jehoramalites, and the Kenites. No one was left alive to come to Gath and tell where he had really been. This happened again and again while he was living among the Philistines. Achish believed David and thought to himself, by now the people of Israel must hate him bitterly. Now he will have to stay here and serve me forever. 1 Samuel chapter 28. Saul consults a medium. About that time, the Philistines mustered their armies for another war with Israel. King Achish told David, You and your men will be expected to join me in battle. Very well, David agreed. Now you will see for yourself what we can do. Then Achish told David, I will make you my personal bodyguard for life. Meanwhile, Samuel had died, and all Israel had mourned for him. He was buried in Ramah, his hometown. And Saul had banned from the land of Israel all mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead. The Philistines set up their camp at Shunem, and Saul gathered all the army of Israel and camped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the vast Philistine army, he became frantic with fear. He asked the Lord what he should do, but the Lord refused to answer him either by dreams or by sacred lots or by the prophets. Saul then said to his advisors, Find a woman who is a medium so I could ask her what to do. His advisors replied, There is a medium at Endor. So Saul disguised himself by wearing ordinary clothes instead of his royal robes. Then he went to the woman's home that night, accompanied by two of his men. I have to talk to a man who has died, he said. Will you call up his spirit for me? Are you trying to get me killed, the woman demanded? You know that Saul has outlawed all the mediums and all who consult the spirits of the dead. Why are you setting a trap for me? But Saul took an oath in the name of the Lord and promised, As surely as the Lord lives, nothing bad will happen to you for doing this. Finally, the woman said, Well, whose spirit do you want me to call up? Call up Samuel, Saul replied. When the woman saw Samuel, she screamed, You deceived me. You are Saul. Don't be afraid, the king told her. What do you see? I see a god coming up out of the earth, she said. What does he look like, Saul asked. He is an old man wrapped in a robe. She replied, Saul realized it was Samuel, and he fell to the ground before him. Why have you disturbed me by calling me back, Samuel asked Saul. Because I am in deep trouble, Saul replied. The Philistines are at war with me, and God has left me, and won't reply by prophets or dreams. So I have called for you to tell me what to do. But Samuel replied, Why ask me, since the Lord has left you, and has become your enemy? The Lord has done just as he said he would. He has torn the kingdom from you and given it to your rival, David. The Lord has done this to you today because you refuse to carry out his fierce anger against the Amalekites. What's more, the Lord will hand you and the army of Israel over to the Philistines tomorrow, and you and your sons will be here with me. The Lord will bring down the entire army of Israel in defeat. Saul fell full length on the ground, paralyzed with fright because of Samuel's words.
He was also faint with hunger, for he had eaten nothing all day and night. When the woman saw how distraught he was, she said, Sir, I obeyed your command at the risk of my life. Now do what I say and let me give you a little something to eat so you can regain your strength for the trip back. But Saul refused to eat anything. Then his advisors joined the woman in urging him to eat, so he finally yielded and got up from the ground and sat on the couch. The woman had been fattening a calf, so she hurried out and killed it. She took some flour, kneaded it into dough, and baked unleavened bread. She brought the meal to Saul and his advisors, and they ate it. Then they went out into the night. 1 Samuel chapter 29. The Philistines reject David. The entire Philistine army now mobilized at Aphek, and the Israelites camped at the spring in Jezreel. As the Philistine rulers were leading out their troops in groups of hundreds and thousands, David and his men marched at the rear with King Achish. But the Philistine commanders demanded, What are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish told them, This is David, the servant of King Saul of Israel. He's been with me for years, and I've never found a single fault in him from the day he arrived until today. But the Philistine commanders were angry. Send him back to the town you've given him, they demanded. He can't go into battle with us. What if he turns against us in battle and becomes our adversary? Is there any better way for him to reconcile himself with his master than by handing our heads over to him? Isn't this the same David about whom the women of Israel sing in their dances? Saul has killed his thousands and David his ten thousands. So Achish finally summoned David and said to him, I swear by the Lord that you have been a trustworthy ally. I think you should go with me into battle, for I've never found a single flaw in you from the day you arrived until today. But the other Philistine rulers won't hear of it. Please don't upset them, but go back quietly. What have I done to deserve this treatment, David demanded. What have you ever found in your servant that I can't go and fight the enemies of my lord the king? But Achish insisted. As far as I'm concerned, you are as perfect as an angel of God. But the Philistine commanders are afraid to have you with them in the battle. Now get up early in the morning and leave with your men as soon as it gets light. So David and his men headed back into the land of the Philistines, while the Philistine army went to Jezreel. 1 Samuel chapter 30. David destroys the Amalekites. Three days later, when David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev in Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. They had carried off the woman and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Then he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought it. Then David asked the Lord, Should I chase after this band of raiders? Will I catch them? And the Lord told him, Yes, go after them. You will surely recover everything that was taken from you. So David and his 600 men set out, and they came to the brook Bezor. But 200 of the men were too exhausted to cross the brook, so David continued the pursuit with 400 men. Along the way, they found an Egyptian man in the field and brought him to David. 
They gave him some bread to eat and water to drink. They also gave him part of a fig cake and two clusters of raisins, for he hadn't had anything to eat or drink for three days and nights. Before long, his strength returned. To whom do you belong, and where do you come from? David asked him. I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite, he replied. My master abandoned me three days ago because I was sick. We were on our way back from raiding the Kerithites and the Negevs, the territory of Judah, and the land of Caleb, and we had just burned Ziglag. Will you lead me to this band of raiders, David asked. The young man replied, If you take an oath in God's name that you will not kill me or give me back to my master, then I will guide you to them. So he led David to them, and they found the Amalekites spread out across the fields, eating and drinking and dancing with joy because of the vast amount of plunder they had taken from the Philistines in the land of Judah. David and his men rushed in among them and slaughtered them throughout the night and the entire next day until evening. None of the Amalekites escaped except 400 young men who fled on camels. David got back everything the Amalekites had taken and he rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, son or daughter, or anything else that had been taken. David brought everything back. He also recovered all the flocks and herds and his men drove them ahead of the other livestock. This plunder belongs to David, they said. Then David returned to the brook Bezor and met up with the 200 men who had been left behind because they were too exhausted to go with him. They went out to meet David and his men, and David greeted them joyfully. But some evil troublemakers among David's men said, they didn't go with us, so they can't have any of the plunder we recovered. Give them their wives and children and tell them to be gone. But David said, No, my brothers, don't be selfish for what the Lord has given us. He has kept us safe and helped us defeat the band of raiders that attacked us. Who will listen when you talk like this? We share and share alike, those who go to battle and those who guard the equipment. From then on, David made this a decree and regulation for Israel, and it's still followed today. When he arrived at Ziklag, David sent part of the plunder to the elders of Judah who were his friends. Here is a present for you, taken from the Lord's enemies, he said. The gifts were sent to the people of the following towns David had visited, Bethel, Ramat Negev, Jatir, Abawar, Sikmoth, Eshtemol, Rakal, the towns of the Jeremites, the towns of the Kenites, Horma, Borashan, Atach, Hebron, and all the other places David and his men had visited. 1 Samuel chapter 31, the death of Saul. Now the Philistines attacked Israel, and the men of Israel fled before them. Many were slaughtered on the slopes of Mount Gilboa. The Philistines closed in on Saul and his sons, and they killed three of his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malchishua. The fighting grew very fierce around Saul, and the Philistine archers caught up with him and wounded him severely. Saul groaned to his armor-bearer, Take your sword and kill me before these pagan Philistines come to run me through and torture me. But his armor-bearer was afraid and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. When his armor-bearer realized that Saul was dead, he fell on his own sword and died beside the king. So Saul... His three sons, his armor-bearer, and his troops all died together that same day. When the Israelites on the other side of the Jezreel Valley and beyond 
the Jordan, saw that the Israelite army had fled, and that Saul and his sons were dead, they abandoned their towns and fled. So the Philistines moved in and occupied their towns. The next day, when the Philistines went out to strip the dead, they found the bodies of Saul and his three sons on Mount Gilboa. So they cut off Saul's head and stripped off his armor. Then they proclaimed the good news of Saul's death in their pagan temple and to the people throughout the land of Philistia. They placed his armor in the temple of the Ashtrats, and they fastened his body to the wall of the city of Bet-Shan. But when the people of Jabesh-Gilead heard what the Philistines had done to Saul, all their mighty warriors traveled through the night to Bet-Shan and took the bodies of Saul and his sons down from the wall. They brought them to Jabesh, where they burned the bodies. Then they took their bones and buried them beneath the tamarisk tree at Jabesh, and they fasted for seven days. My Daily Walk In contemporary English, the word tragedy is used broadly to describe any severe adversity, regardless of its cause. But more specifically, a tragedy is a calamity that results from a wrong decision arising from a flawed character. By this definition, Saul's life was a true tragedy. It held much promise of success for himself and for the nation, yet it ended in defeat and disgrace, all because pride and self-will led him to rebel against God's commands. Becoming a Christian doesn't mock the end of your battle with sin and temptation. In many ways, it mocks the beginning. As a Christian, you still have a fallen nature that seeks to express itself in your daily actions. You also have a personal will that desires to direct your life. Both need to come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Consider the four major areas of your life. Spiritual, social, physical, and emotional. And give each back to God right now, asking for His help to make your attitudes, decisions, and actions pleasing to Him. The number of times the average person says no to temptation is once weekly. That's all for today, my friends. It was great reading along with you. Have a great day, and God bless, and I will see you tomorrow. Lord willing, peace.